Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 70. Oh, my. Episode 70, folks. We, I mean, we're getting there. That's like, uh, that's a pretty good one. We're, we're inching our way closer to 100. Can you guys believe it? It's like, seems unreal. How many episodes of complaining about wizards and spoilers <laughs> do we have left to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I would be interested. It would be, it would be interesting to see if someone would bring up like, Here's all the episodes where you guys complained. It might actually be all of them. Today, we have a super positive episode. <laughs> this one's a super positive, yeah. Anyway, here as always with you. The crew is here. Chaz, as always. Seth, what's going on? What's up, guys? Uh, not too much. Richard, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well, very well. It's very, yeah, very well. Super, super hyped. But before we get into the hypeness, you guys got what you wanted, all right? Team Ethan forever. I don't care. Whatever. Affinity loss. It's probably what everybody wanted anyway. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. I that so. that was that was the one time in my whole life that I felt okay about rooting oh. for Affinity. I you know what? I, he really honestly played it well too. I yeah. I don't honestly don't think I would have had one critique. Maybe I would have aimed the two galv blasts to his face that's I, it maybe i think i think for me the the big thing i noticed was and i don't know if this is right or wrong you're more of an affinity player but should he in game two have sacked that ravager to avoid getting blown out like he did yeah, uh and i think, just go like yes. all in on the ink moth nexus oh the, I, was that the before the finals I thought that was game two of the finals. What? Well, maybe I am mistaking the semifinals with the finals. But there was a game where he See, the, like well, thought the, he had lethal, but uh, one of his artifacts had gotten path, so he was one counter short on oh, Inkmoth, yeah. so he I had to that, kill over yeah. two turns instead of one turn, but he that, didn't sack his Ravager. And then somehow the Ravager, I don't remember what happened, but he couldn't get the counters on the Inkmoth and lost because of it. Yes, that was that was uh, I think before the finals, if I remember correctly. Okay, it might have been. But anyway, seven. yeah. See, the problem is, is when you, you, I mean, you can't really do anything because if he's Hercules Recall, you can't turn Ink Moth into and move the counters over. It's going to get bounced. So, it's I mean, it's just a huge blowout. But I think I I don't know exactly how the lines uh, worked out in that last game or that game two. But I think if he double galv blast the face, he could have just played the signal pest from his hand when he hurt your recall, and I think it would have gotten there. Like I think it would have put him to one. It would have done eight. I think it would have put him to one, and he would have the signal pest, and he couldn't block the signal. Pest. So we're gonna have to wait for Frank Karsten to like fully break this down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but for yeah, anyone who's confused, yeah. uh, the reason why we're talking or caring yes. about affinity is not because of affinity. But because the pilot was a 13-year-old, uh, Ethan, in the top eight of Grand Prix LA. So everyone was cheering for probably the most hated deck in the format. Just because <laughs> uh, it was such an awesome story to have Ethan there in the top eight. Yeah, Ethan Brown, uh, if you're listening, if I mean, that was awesome. I mean, that, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, 13 and up, it says it right on the pack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I was super impressed just about the speed and with the confidence that he played. Like, yeah. he didn't look tentative. He was just like, bam, 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 play yeah. this, do that, yeah. tap that. Like, he looked like he knew what he was doing and played very quickly and confidently, and that's really impressive in someone that young. That's yeah, he's basically I, I, Bobby Fischer. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> yeah. really good, and we're all like, oh, no, he's really good. No, he'll crush us. <laughs> yeah, he, is, he was really good. I mean, he, he definitely, I mean, as someone, he had a lot of the lines. He, he, de he definitely played it well. Uh, just Hercules recalls was uh, so so rough, um, but yeah, congrats to Ethan. I mean, that was great. I mean, and just again, I know we're going off topic. We're gonna get into all the meat and potatoes of the cast soon, and a boatload of fish mail. Oh my goodness! But um, that coverage was insane. So good. The Factor Fiction. I mean, Huey Jensen and Marshall Sutcliffe. Everybody, LSV, Gabby Sparts. Everybody was on that. That Factor Fiction. Uh, I guess segment you want to call it on coverage. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you need for the filler. That was really good. I like that. Oh, I don't know about you. I think you 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 commented on another segment, Seth. But that Factor Fiction segment was a plus. 
their coverage, Channel Fireball's coverage all around was just super solid. That it, it avoided a lot of the problems that happen, especially the oh, like twenty minutes till the next round, we'll play elevator music and let you watch a clock tick down for twenty minutes. Like yeah. They had stuff going the whole time, and most of it was super good. Factor Fiction was really enlightening and super entertaining. The Keeper Mulligan segment they did was pretty good. I enjoyed that yeah. one. The only one I questioned, they did this this Ben Stark, like stuff that Ben Stark says segment, which yeah, I, I thought was funny, but I think it was so much of an inside joke. If you don't follow the pro scene a lot and yeah, know yeah. Ben Stark... A lot of people seem very confused by who Ben Stark was and why they should care about the things that he said. So that's the only one I thought was a bit of a miss just for the wide audience. But I enjoyed that one, too. Yeah, it was, I mean, A+. plus. That was, I mean, we just talked about all all the coverage for like three casts in a row. You had an article. They definitely must have read it and listened to these podcasts because that was awesome. Like, they must have picked like nine or ten options on your (laughs) list. (laughs) and implemented them and it was just great even the visual work richard i mean i don't know what we're gonna talk about that that's one of the fish mail i that was that was great i mean everything was crisp the 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 visual representation like the just the aesthetics the overlay great the commentary like even the pairing we talked about that seth over the last like few weeks right the chemistry it was it was really flowing the whole time well, that was just amazing. Great cover. They, they definitely read Seth's article. They definitely read all of those Reddit threads, and they put as much into action as possible. Uh, they even contacted me to, to get the MTG Goldfish graphics up there. There we go. And, uh, you know, I may be biased, but I thought it was sweet. <laughs> uh, I, I think the best feature was actually the time-shifted matches. Uh, we basically got to yeah. watch Relevant Magic straight for the entire stream. Yeah. No downtime, no... Why am I watching, like, Standard during a modern uh, modern Grand Prix? You know, why am I watching Round 1 when we're in Round 11? Uh, it was all up-to-date, and the time-shifted matches in some cases were even better, because we got to skip mulligans, we got to skip uh, downtime. So, uh, I think this is the new standard for coverage going forward. Like, even yeah. the animation, they even, you know, took into account production value... We had the, you know, the art animations in between the, the rounds and stuff. Yep. Uh, it was just better than the Pro Tour, just straight up. Uh, the one area they could improve is the actual physical production. They had some audio issues and some lighting issues, but I think those are relatively uh, easy to solve. They, they kind of got the, the downtime, the pacing, the production value, the, the commentating teams. They kind of got all that on the right track. So kudos to Channel Fireball. Yeah, very I'm mean, uh, well done. A plus. And the community took notice. Like if you were on Reddit Saturday night, Sunday morning, there were multiple threads that were almost universally positive about these oh. changes and just thanking Channel Fireball for how good the coverage was. So not only I mean it worked. Not only was it good on stream, but the community took notice and I was glad that people took the time to speak up and let Channel Fireball know like good job and thank you for doing this. Uh, because we're so quick to criticize when coverage is bad and there's problems. But So I'm glad to see that people are also taking the initiative when things are going well to let people know that they're doing a good job. So that yeah, was encouraging. Absolutely. I mean, that's that, and that helps. I mean, obviously, any kind of you know statements like that are going to just help them in the future. And yeah, I mean, to just to piggyback on that stuff, even Reddit and Twitter, like everywhere, like I just see all these like hundreds and hundreds, not well, hundreds, but a lot of tweets like just you know praising Channel Fireball. The coverage is really awesome. It was just a huge breath of fresh air to, from what we're used to normally. Yeah, and the secret sauce is just keep LSV out of the tournament and in the booth. <laughs> you don't have to sit there and hope like, oh, I kind of yeah. want him to win, but I want him to scrub out so we get some commentary. Uh, you know, yeah. he was just straight there. Same with Huey Jensen. Uh, you know, no messing around, all business, just in the booth the entire time and you know, none of this half playing, half commentating stuff. Yeah, I thought Huey and Marshall were a really good team too. Can we like nickname that pair like the Lord of the Rings, like the Two Towers? Because those are like <laughs> some really tall guys. Like, 
Oh, did did you catch did you catch the beginning of the stream where they had them sitting at like a normal sized table? Yeah, it was and like a, they were like just tow- <laughs> towering above this table, both of them. Wait, what, oh, they, they got a higher table. <laughs> yeah, they did. They got a higher table after it looked like it looked like they were at like a kid's table, like <laughs> like Thanksgiving dinner. They were like so much bigger. It like looked so awkward, but yeah, they were great. I, I mean, Huey was. I mean, yeah, they everyone did well. All right, yeah, so let's just keep this hype train going. Eternal Master spoilers, that's really on the docket, and a ton of fish mail. Um, yeah, so let's just get right into it. A few spoilers today, we're going to touch on them. So we got a lot of mythics. I, I I guess we're just getting all the good stuff first. I mean, whatever. It's a reprint set. Let's just, there's nothing to hide. I mean, let's just show everything. So we got Jace the Mind Sculptor. That's a good, that's a good reprint. Necropodens. May not be the most expensive card, but I think it's good. I think it's definitely good at Mythic. I think it has to be Mythic. I mean, Sneak Attack, Chrome Mox, and uh, Mana Crypt. Right? For Mythics? Yep. Uh, Sneak you... Attack, Mind Sculptor, Mana Crypt. Uh, Mana Crypt was just spoiled. Uh, Chrome Mox. Yeah. Then we have some actually really solid rares. And, and take note, a couple of these, uh, the first foil printing, so Gamble. I definitely called Gamble. I knew Gamble was going to be in here. Great, <laughs> great reprint. I mean, I just I knew it. Uh, Toxic Deluge. That one's a little interesting, but I'm I'm good with it. Definitely would have liked Damnation. I mean, if they don't print Damn, I mean, when, when are they going to print Damnation? I mean, I think that's like the age old question at this point. But yeah, Sylvan Library. I mean, it's like one of the best green cards ever printed. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, Goblin Char Belcher and Deathrite Shaman. Uh, and then some really sweet uncommons. We got Bloodbraid Elf at Uncommon with a really sweet new art. I can't wait to grab some foils of those. Days at Uncommon and Nimble Mongoose at Common, which it was an Uncommon and Odyssey. Yeah, so now it's a Common. So what is, I mean, that's, what is Popper legal now? It is. Is that it? Like it only, only needs one time to be a Common? One time. That's it. One time Common. So I'll get your th- guys' thoughts first. Seth, what do you think? Well, so far the set looks pretty absurd, and I'm reserving my judgment. I It would be fun to be like, oh, this is going to be the most valuable set of all time, and it, it might be, but at the same time, Wizards recently has a track record of spoiling a lot of the good stuff on the first couple days, and then the la- uh, rest of the week being the more bulky stuff. So the spoilers from today's are absolutely insane. And if the whole set was like this, the set would be absurd. So I'm super excited for what we've seen so far. But uh, I guess my word of caution would be don't do anything super rash yet, just because we don't know what the rest of the week is going to look like. While it's off to a great start, we'll see come Thursday and Friday what the entire set looks like. And this is from like an EV slash value perspective. As far as individual cards, it's got, it feels like an eternal master set. It's got so many staples. Uh, Mana Crypt is huge for commander. More Jaces is another big staple in eternal formats. It's so far. I'm super excited. And it looks very well done. Yeah. Richard, what do you think? Uh, I'm super excited, not for the mythics, but actually for the uncommons and commons. Ooh. Uh, days. Uh, if you guys play Moto, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll play Popper. Why is this Popper deck like $100? Uh, days is a 20, used to be 25 ticks online. <laughs> so now that it's uncommon, it's going to plummet and we can play affordable decks, uh, once more. And Nimble Mog is just the, the new art is sweet. Uh, I, I love the new art. I love Goblin Charvelcher. I love Nimble Mongoose. Uh, I'm sad that we don't have a new Deathrite Shaman art. I'm sad that we don't have a new Jace art. I think those could have used it. Uh, Bloodbraid Elf looks sweet, but that's the third art version we have now. And, uh, of course, Force of Will. Force of Will is super sweet, but we all knew about that. So the the new art on the old cards is super sweet. And our first chance at foils at some of these cards uh, is super sweet. Uh, I'm a little scared. For the pricing of Eternal Masters, they're they're selling like hotcakes now. They used to be two fifty a box. Uh, now on eBay, you're looking at three hundred. So just from this announcement, it's gone up fifty bucks. Uh, we're gonna do an unboxing on the Goldfish YouTube, and I'm not looking forward to the price of this box. <laughs> this, is, this is not looking good. I need them to print some watered down mythics here. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think we're off to a great start. I mean, like, like we're off to a great start. I'm, I'm assuming 
overall, it's going to be really good. And I mean, just from Mana Crypt alone in there, a uh, few select mythics. I mean, it's it's overall, I think, even with some stinkers that we're most likely going to get uh, over the course of the week and spoilers, I think you're definitely going to get your, your value here. A lot of these will go down. Some will stay the same. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it reminds me a lot of Modern Masters 2015, where you have a really high top-end heavy, like, mythics. And then you kind of get those, you know, $20 rares, and then you get, like, the, you know, mid-tier rares that are, like, 10 bucks and 5 bucks, and then, like, so on and so forth. I mean, Necropotence, even as awesome as it is, is still, like, a $5 card. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so far, it's really good. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Seth. I wouldn't do anything crazy yet. I would just sit back, look at all the spoilers. I mean, it's going to be great on uh, numerous occasions on some of these cards where... A lot of the prices will come down for EDH players, just legacy players like you, Richard, like you said. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, some of the art on these older cards is amazing. I mean, just to go back to Gamble, it, I mean, Gamble just looks great. Nimble Mongoose is awesome. Although, I'm always going to stick with the Odyssey uh, art, but that's just me. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. We're off to a great start. And it's actually really funny because... Yeah, I'm looking at all these, and then Mana Crypt dropped, and then I was going to tell you on cast, like, Seth, remember, like, all those lists that we saw? We're like, no, that 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 can't be it. Like, look at all those cards in there. There's no way, like, they could put all those cards in there. <laughs> and now we have, like, basically everything on the list. Yeah, definitely off to a pretty impressive start. I, yeah. guess, I, I think, for me, the thing that I'll be looking for moving forward isn't so much the mythics and rares at this point, but is this going to be like the original Modern Masters where we get a lot of sweet and valuable commons and uncommons? Or is it going to be like Modern Masters 2015 where all the value is in Jace and Mana Crypt and the mythics, and then the commons and uncommons, like Days is the best one out of the bunch? Are we going to get good reprints at the lower rarities, I guess, is what I'm going to be looking for the rest of the week. Because yeah. the mythics and rares are really good. What are expensive uncommons and commons that are legacy or vintage playable? Oh, man. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can't think days. of any off the top of my head yet. Days. Uh, days. <laughs> <laughs> and, and days isn't even that expensive, no, really. Not on paper, anyway. Not hugely expensive. I don't That's, know. Like, uh, I know there are some. I'm trying to think. I uh, Yeah, I'm drawing blanks here. When Mana Crypt just dropped, and like it just dropped before we casted, well, see, that's why it's like kind of uh, I'm leaning towards the Modern Masters 2015 rather than the first Modern Masters because we don't have like the Ryuse cycle, so that's out. I mean, oh, <laughs> but like, wouldn't isn't Mana Crypt essentially like playing the role of like Tarmogoyf here? Like, it's the super so like it's the super top end heavy mythic, and then like you have like. It just kind of trickles down from there. I don't know if I put Mana Crypt there. I would say it's more of like those Portal Three Kingdom cards they randomly reprint. Right. It's like, well, I meant like price. Yeah, it's some absurd right. value, but Wizards doesn't expect it to be there. Like no one really plays Mana Crypt. It's like an right. EDH card. Uh, so it's one of those cards that's really super expensive, but I think it will come down in price a lot. And I don't think it's meant to be the Chase Mythic. I think we'll see. Uh, I guess we've seen one Jace the Mind Sculptor. But we'll see other cards that are meant to like remain high and stay high due to uh, demand and its current price. Um, I, yeah, I agree with that. As far as commons and uncommons, here is a handful of good ones. Sensei's Divining Top. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah top. Uh, Shardless yeah. Agent, the Tutor Cycle, Enlightened Tutor, Vampir or I guess oh. Vampiric is a rare, but the rest of the Tutor Cycle, Cabal Therapy. Uh, so there are a handful of expensive uncommons that are in the like 10 to $30 range. Oh, Cabal Therapy is totally going to be a rare. Yeah. I can't see you printing it at Uncommon. Yeah, I mean, you have some, like, even a few dollars, like, $2 to $3 uh, commons on commons. I mean, you have Counterbalance, Him to Torok. Yeah, Mother of Runes, Elvish Spirit yeah, Guide, yeah. Submerge, Price of Progress, you know, stuff like that. Lotus Petal. Chain Lightning would be solid. There's a lot of, uh, Weird dredge cards, like Golgari Grave Troll. Someone said on Twitter, and I don't know if this is true, that Marrow said there will be no modern legal cards in the set. Okay, okay. 
which would mean They're like right so far, <laughs> which would mean like Grave yeah. Troll would be off the table, Inquisition of Coast Lake would be off the table, so Ether Vial. So there would be some that might not get reprinted because oh, of that, but I yeah, haven't got confirmation of that. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think you're right, Seth. I think it all comes down to like it. Obviously, we don't. Maybe it's just like just all around value because if they start adding like even those like three to four dollar to five dollar uncommons, there's like senseis, is which is like a huge. I mean, that's like more of a rare. Uh, <laughs> Like rare level, like thirty dollars. Yeah, I mean that's that's when we start getting up there in terms of like EV to box value, I, and we might start seeing like right off the bat the modern masters, like a, a modern masters one scenario rather than. I mean that just changes the narrative back to modern masters one rather than M twenty fifteen because I mean the box value will just start surging. And I wouldn't see be surprised to see that happen because that was one of the big feel bads for a lot of people from the last Modern Masters was you would open a pack and if you whiffed on a rare or a mythic in specific, then you got like zero value for your $10 like because everything was worthless. So I think that Wizards heard that and most likely will try to include more value with the lower rarities. Just so people feel like they got something for spending $10 on a single pack of cards. So maybe you didn't win the lotto and get Mana Crypt, but at least you got, you know, a decent uncommon that's worth a couple bucks and you can still be somewhat happy. We still have a small sample size, but I mean, like right now, I mean, not to knock the card or anything like that, but like if you open a pack of these and you get a Deathrite Shaman, like that's still decent, but not like, oh my God, like, you know, but I mean, you're going to get that. I mean, I, th I think the worst open is probably Necropotence, just because it's a mythic and it's not very right. valuable. Right. Uh, so I think that would be my worst open. But if you look down the rest of the list, like, every one of those cards, maybe not Charbelcher, but everything else except Necropotence and Charbelcher are pretty solid. I would be fairly happy seeing those in my rare slot. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be disappointed with Deathrite Charm. It's just not like, oh, I open a pack and get like a $20 rare, you know? And, and I Deathrite Shaman is still like a $5 card. That's true. And I wouldn't even be that disappointed about Necropotence if I was drafting, because that means oh, I can yeah. force Storm and good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far, again, small sample size, but uh, we're off to a really good start. But just, just know that I, I think they're going to... I think they're going to counterbalance. I mean, no pun intended. Uh, some of the some of the higher end stuff with some stink. All right, what's the Comet Storm of Eternal Masters? What's the red mythic that will suck? Um, um I don't know. Right I'm now, it's looking like Necropotence. <laughs> I heard Bonfire. Bonfire seems like a good candidate, but that's legal. Yeah, the problem is there's no good red mythics that are seeing play in Eternal formats. World Gorge oh, Dragon? <laughs> I could see I could see a big dragon. It's def it's World Gorge Dragon. We got it. <laughs> we got there, guys. Oh dear. I, I'm kinda But that makes sense though, right? I mean, it would it, it would be a mythic, and that would be like, you know, the stinker. I'm kinda hoping it's literal Comet Storm just for the troll factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is Wheel of Fortune on the reserve list? Yes. Uh, I would have to double Wheel check. Seems like a good candidate for flashy Wheel red card. Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it is on the reserve list. I we think it is. Yes, it, it is. is. Yeah, uh, it is. Ah, uh, it's World Gorger Dragon. Like that's it. That's <laughs> one. <laughs> so, so question for both of you. Now that we have seen this first day of spoilers, does this is this influencing your decision to buy a box or not to buy a box? Like, are you more likely to go out and snap up a box now that you've seen these cards, or no? Uh, I am. Uh, not uh, yeah. If I can still find one in the like two fifty, you know, even two seventy five range, I'll probably pull the trigger. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess even three hundred still pretty decent because I mean, we still have how many? How many uh, mythics are going to be in there? Uh, we have how many? There's 15, 15, I believe, and there's six spoiled. Yeah, I mean, because if they start, you still have room for like Berserk. Uh, you have room for, I don't know, like a, a lot of different stuff. 
Yeah. So financially, I don't think it's relevant. I, I work its way up. You know, like if the, if there's too much value, it'll be too expensive to buy a box anyway, and you know nothing will happen. Uh, but coming into spoiler season, I was pretty mum about this. I was like, you know, who cares? Like, yeah. Like I, I didn't really care, but I'm really hyped now. <laughs> like the the new art on the old cards <laughs> is super exciting. You know, the chance to get foils of the new art is super exciting. So all of a sudden, yeah. I'm super excited. I kind of want some new Force Wills. You know, I'm always play the old school cards, but I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, Blood Raid Elf is so sweet. Nimble Mongoose is so sweet. So I'm actually super, super hyped, even though coming into this, I was just like, you know, whatever, right? Because prices will be ridiculous. <laughs> like, Magic Online Legacy will be cheaper. Paper Legacy will not. Like, I can just, I'm not, I don't have the dual land graphs in front of me right now, but I can just imagine them go through the roof, right? As uh, people start snapping them up, you know, with all these other cards, uh, so, you know, these cards may be cheap, but uh, the other cards will get more expensive. I think the true winners will be the commander players and the popper players. You know, the the people that play these random uncommons and commons that are so expensive just to due to supply today, uh, they're going to drop and you can snatch them up. You can snatch up foil versions, uh, alternate art versions. So that's the part I'm most excited about. It just seems like we have a decent amount of stuff to go. And yeah, I think I might... Just crack a box for value. I, I think that might actually be pretty Did good. Did you pre-order one? Do you have one? No, I didn't. I'm an idiot. Oh, well, $300 <laughs> now. $300. Woo, Literally yeah. like 240 like yesterday <laughs> on eBay. Yeah, yeah, that was like what? Average like 230 yeah. 240 right? It was pretty like yeah. common. Yeah. I, I have my fingers crossed. I called around for pre-orders to some of the local game stores around me. And one of them said... We're not taking pre-orders. It's 100% first come, first serve. So if you get there early morning on the 10th, essentially you can buy as many as you want. How, how much? Um, they typically sell for retail, or for retail prices. So I'm expecting about 250 240 250 All right, I'm so, coming. So we will, we will see right now. in the middle of nowhere with the town population of five people, right? So we got this, right? <laughs> But hopefully i'm putting my headphones down i'm getting in the car <laughs> yeah <laughs> expect a knock on your apartment seth i'm coming so we'll see this. if it really is retail prices and i get there in time and they are really doing it that way maybe i'll be able to get multiple boxes that would be sweet if it's uh has enough value you, you have to do it black friday style and be there two days ahead and start camping yeah i will camp out in front of, <laughs> in front of the shop <laughs> oh yeah I, I mean i'm just looking through just the commonly played cards i mean there's still a lot to go i mean you got swords of plowshares you have pyroblast or whichever one of the arm or whichever one you like the red elemental blast whatever they decide to do flusterstorm like is this it that might be you know a pretty good reprint in this yeah that's high value the high value uh cabal therapy i don't know there's a lot of stuff in here baleful strix green sun zenith ooh green sun zenith yeah. good. stoneforge stoneforge mystic i don't know that's Shard an interesting agent one. yeah because then they'd have to print equipment, too. So we haven't really seen... Jit? Been, We're going to get a Jit, Jit I think. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to look at the cards so far and figure out... Because you know Wizards cares about about Limited and the archetypes. And so far, you can't really tell too much. Like, it looks like a Jund mid-range deck with Deathrite and Bloodbraid Elf and Sylvan Library and Nimble Mongoose. Looks right. like a Storm deck with Gamble and Charbelcher and Necropotence. Uh... I don't know about sneak attack. Do you think that's a limited archetype, or is this just a one-off? Like we wanted to reprint. Definitely, sneak there'll be like, reanimator or something. Sneak attack is for the world gorger <laughs> dragon. I keep telling you, it's it's coming. That's the big card. That's the payoff. S speaking of it, uh, sneak attack. What is that that is sneaking in the art? Do you have any? Is that like a mountain alligator or <laughs> something? Looks like a like a yeah, like it a like bay a bay lot type oh, okay. creature. But it actually looks like a mountain alligator now that you mention it. Or a kavu, kavu, kavu. They should just literally put Emrakul and Gristlebrand on that card. Like why? Why mess around yeah. here? Just, just <laughs> literally put those creatures on the card, coming out wrecking your face. <laughs> is Maze of Vith on the reserve? Yeah, right. It's definitely no. Up. I don't believe so because it was in a from the vault. Ooh. And it was uncommon, so it's yeah, not. Yeah, and like just looking at lands, we have port, we have 
Um, Port. <laughs> What's the, the Dark Depths? Port maze, maze, maze of It, Dark Depths. Oh, my. That, there, I mean, that's a wrap. Like, look at the price of the lands deck. There are plenty of lands. I mean, some you can't. Like, I think Tabernacle, yeah, you can't. Uh, no. But you, there, there are a lot of utility lands that are super expensive. Port oh, would man. be so helpful for Magic they, they Online. I think There's that's no still the... can't reprint Port. That's the single most expensive card. It's more expensive than Black Lotus on Magic Online. Would you, like, would port you, is absurd. Would you Would you think Port Rare Dark Depths Mythic? No, there's no reason to put Dark Depths on uh, is there? It's a, it's a terrible card uh, limited-wise. It feels wise, like a Mythic. Unless you can, like... Put a vampire hex mage. Would you? Would, do you think there's going to be any rare or any land rather Maybe at mythic? Port. If they wanted to get, I, I don't think they would do it, but they could put port at mythic. Yeah, port mythic, dark depths rare. All right, so reverse, reverse, reverse. I could, I could see port at mythic just because it's such a feel bad for players that don't know how to play with port in limited. <laughs> like getting your land tapped down every turn is pretty miserable, and I, I don't know if wizards would want that at rare or not. <laughs> <laughs> your lands are not safe anymore. Wrong format. Yeah, getting the Wrong land format. tab is at least your work. We, we gotta get like a sinkhole oh, reprint port... here. <laughs> Vindicate sinkhole. Port hits basics though. <laughs> oh, Ancient Tomb is another land that they could reprint. Ancient Tomb, yeah. Do you think any of the um, like the commander specific cards will be in here? Like True Name Nemesis, other uh, Containment Priest. I think so. They went out stuff? of their way to stress that Eternal Masters was Vintage Legacy and Commander. So I, I think I think True Name Nemesis will definitely be there. But the question is, will there be like a only Commander card? And I think uh, there should be some. I but... don't know about True Name in specific, just because that is miserable and limited. But they already printed Toxic Deluge, yeah, and that's a Commander a card. So there. I think they yeah, definitely nice will. Combo. Yep, Stoneforge, Batter Skull. <laughs> like, I, I really want to sit down and draft like yeah. a Stoneblade deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Kyrian Ranger is legal. That's like a $1.50 card. I'm just looking through. I mean, there's still a ton of stuff to go. Lotus Petal. There, there was some hints on Reddit from some Wizards employee. Uh, someone said something about no elves being spoiled, and they said, "Oh well, we don't think you. I don't think you'll be disappointed or something." So I wouldn't be surprised to see some more elves oh, showing up. Confirmed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yep. just don't know. I don't. Are there even like any elves that aren't modern legal that are legacy like only legal? I, like Kyrian Dryad's like the only one I can think of. Uh. Heritage Druids, modern, like they're all modern. I guess that's that's a good point. Hmm. Priest of Titania? Maybe they just met Deathrite, which is technically an elf. That is true. Elf, elf planeswalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm really excited about Eternal Masters. I might I might just get a box and crack it, whatever. Well it's, since it's probably just value. Since we have to complain about something every cast, uh, can we complain about how there's no GP for Eternal Masters and it would be really sweet if there was a huge GP weekend for the set? Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Uh, but I, I asked the question, did, do you think there's no like triple GP weekend or any GP weekend for that matter because this is more of like a Modern Masters 1 release like, and they don't have like that oversaturation of product maybe they're concerned about the amount of supply that would be released into the market if they did the triple gp weekend it, yeah. it definitely could be but man oh it seems like a missed opportunity just because it would be it so does. huge yeah, like, yeah, yeah it would break the records of modern masters i think like a gp vegas for this set would be so insane it'd be sweet they could invite yeah like, I, I agree the artists to come and the artist will just die <laughs> like can you imagine how many force of wills <laughs> will be signed <laughs> that weekend at the at, you know at one of those big gps for eternal masters like my god uh it's a huge event they should totally they should they should totally do it and hopefully one of the vendors will put on something special maybe wizards doesn't do it but maybe channel fireball or star city games can up their game and, and do something yeah Therese nielsen would get mobbed Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I do think it's a missed opportunity, but I mean, we'll see. I'm sure we'll get some even after this cast because that's how it goes. 
we seem to always cast, and then like 500 more spoilers come out. But uh, yeah, well, I'm really I'm really interested in what what's uh, on still on the way. Well, the the good news is by next Monday when we're casting, we should have the whole set. I think because it's a one week spoiler run, right? I believe. Yeah, so that'll be good. Then we'll definitely know like what's going on. I mean, I understand like all the box values are going up now, but I, I still like to be cautious and I do tend to uh do what you said Seth because we we haven't it's 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 good so far but there's still like a small sample size so there's going to be stinkers in there so just it just matters like which ones like how much and like how how it balances out yeah yep exactly i mean they can't all be mana crypts that's just not possible yeah. so i mean i just i don't know how even like how good it would be just run out right now and get a three hundred dollar box. Just wait for tomorrow when it's three fifty. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, th- this could be like Modern Masters one all over again. I mean, it was literally like the exact same thing. So maybe that's just what we're gonna. What it is. It is what it is. I guess. On that. Ah, right. fish mail time. We have a ton of fish mail. So rapid fire. We do this week. Uh, at Kifka. Favorite and or subjectively best commander for each of you. Oh, this is this is All right, hard. Let's start with Seth then. Oh man, this is hard for me too. Uh, it's got to be something with blue in it. I uh, even cast maybe like, this may- is not even a question. <laughs> I think if if <laughs> if it's a commander, I would actually cast. I would go with Venser Shaper Savant. That seems like a commander I would cast regularly. So That's I'm gonna true. go with that. Okay. Uh, my favorite commander would probably be one of the zombie commanders. So either Gissa, uh, Sadisi, or Grimgrin. Uh, zombies is the best deck. Period. No questions. Zombies. I guess that leaves me, right? Ah, oh, I really like black green and or Abzan. So those colors. Gitrog <laughs> monster. We got, we got a rock Gitrog. over here. Git, yeah, Gitrog monster. As as lame as it sounds, I like Doran's pretty cool. And yeah, so yeah, those 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 are definitely those are definitely right. mine. Uh, at Dean with double letters for every letter. Uh, Long term Jace VP price. Uh, my cost was 60 times 4 moto, 40 times 4 paper. I play standard, sell now and break even or hold until question mark. I honestly think you're right on target for paper. I mean, I think it'll probably settle, you know, the 30 to 40 range. I think that's about right. See, the issue is, is like Jace. It depends on really how much. I mean, it's it's one of those cards that could just progressively get better too. Like it might cool off for a little while, but I mean, as more cards come out, I mean, it's going to get less obscure because I mean, I don't know when another reprint for this card will ever happen. There's no more like uh, core sets, so it's it's dicey. But I think you're right on target for paper. I don't know about MTGO. I mean. Uh, yeah, I would expect it to decrease uh, on Moto. It's like 40 yeah. now. I would expect it to probably get down under 20 at some point uh, towards rotation. So I would lean towards selling now, although it's definitely possible that it ends up being 40 again down the road. It could be, if it doesn't get reprinted and it continues to see Eternal Play and ends up seeing more Eternal Play somehow, it could end up back to where it is now. But I would lean towards selling and then rebuying this fall on moto well the key the key part of this i just re- read through it i only play standard oh well then i would definitely lean towards just selling now yeah. breaking even getting your money out of it yeah. if you don't have any need to have them in the future then cash them in and buy more standard cards exactly yeah that i think that was the key there i mean yeah exactly if you only play standard i think breaking even getting out of it having that money for you know, the next round of rotations, the next round of sets. Uh, because Jace is still a pretty good card in Standard, I mean, obviously, but it's not the card in Standard anymore. Like, there's plenty of other stuff you could be doing. All right, uh, at Narian Niner. Uh, regarding MTG Esports, could a digital game using Magic IP characters, basic mechanics, 
but not MTG cards be successful? Uh, well, ask hacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's that's not magic IP. That's just no, yeah, magic IP. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So you mean everything? Oh, so no. so basically everything magic related, but not the actual game. Like a magic MOBA. Yeah, basically. I have heard people suggesting that that's what Magic Digital Next essentially is, that it is going to significantly change the rules to make them like Hearthstone with no instants and lands every turn so there's no variance. I think that would kill Magic. I don't think that would work. I think if you're going to play that game, why not just play Hearthstone? No, 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 no. Like farther removed from that. So they're talking like Puzzle Quest, like uh, the, the board game, like... Not, like, watered-down Magic the Gathering, but just literally take Jace and throw him into a MOBA. Throw him into oh. a first-person shooter, Overwatch. <laughs> like, basically uh, something like that. A Magic I, MOBA. I, I, have, I have no clue. Yeah. I would play, like, Magic Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, what? You can really? have Jace there, like, throwing friggin', like, Jace fireballs versus, like, Shaja yeah. fireballs. Yeah, Someone's I gotta get on this. Where's Mugen? Yeah. <laughs> Someone get on this. But I think... I think this is the key to magic success. Like, think, um, what was it, like, Batman? Like, Arkham Asylum in those games? Okay. It's, okay. like, a really good game with just, like, Batman IP thrown on top of it. Right? Like a like a hack and slash. Like, Devil May Cry kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, or you know, Diablo just... with magic. It, it, it totally work, right? Except the game underneath has to be actually good. Right? If the game underneath yeah. kind of sucks, then the magic IP is not strong enough to save it. But if the game underneath is really good, like think like the Lego series, yeah. right? You just slap on some magic characters and, and call it a day. So I think it could work in the right uh, game. I think Magic MOBA would honestly be really cool. Like think about it. Like next week, like Magic the Gathering, whatever, Arena Pit, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Cabal, no, yeah. What was the one in, the, in Odyssey? Like the Cabal Coliseum, something like that. Hero Spotlight, Jessica, Warrior Adept, or, you know, Kamal, Pit Fighter. Here's abilities. Here's his, you know, release skin. Here's, you know, that would be cool, I think. I would pay money for new skins on Jace. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I think I think you got the it, right? The Magic MOBA. We got I think it. Once they get the movie, movie is their first step in expanding yeah, IP. After that, I think they'll, they'll try to get more creative. And... Oh, man. I'd play a Magic MOBA. Magic MOBA would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, someone else has to make it besides Wizards, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Uh, Bit bot is bot. Uh, MDG is not an eSport. Why, the comparis- why not the comparison to Chess or Go? Both inaccessible, but high prize pool. Didn't we? I thought we talked about that one time, right? Like... Maybe Magic doesn't have to... Like, Magic doesn't have to hit that, like, upper echelon eSport you know it doesn't have to be League of Legends it doesn't have to be you know Hearthstone maybe it's just you know middle of the road and that's good enough yeah I I think we talk about it as an eSport is because Wizards wants it to be an eSport right like it's the same demographic kind of like if you're someone who would watch you know CSGO or League you might play Magic whereas someone who plays chess may or may not play Magic and it's kind of the young hip thing and esport is the new buzzword right you kind of want to jump on that train and uh, get on it um but the the commenter is actually probably correct it's more like chess like you need a fairly high level of understanding to understand what's going on and it's hard to kind of just pick up if you don't know the rules uh we talk about esports because magic wizards wants it to be an esport this is a bit off topic but since we're on the esports thing did either of you see the story that espn is in negotiations with Riot to broadcast the LCS. Guess how much they are going to pay Riot Games to broadcast the LCS? No idea. I haven't seen this, I don't actually. Know how much? It just came out today. $500 million. Nice. They're paying almost as much as they pay for the college football playoffs that lead to the national champions. That's $600 million. So they this is on par with real sports that ESPN is paying Riot wow. or negotiating with Riot to pay. Uh, speaking of esports, I saw Brian Kibler on a Bud Light ad today. <laughs> so Bud Light <laughs> is sponsoring some Hearthstone thing where they're... I, I think it's... I don't know what it is. It's like most popular player or something. 
but I saw Brian Kibler with a Bud Light backdrop. <laughs> so there, there are you know there's serious money being thrown around. Bud Light, sponsor of the NFL, sponsoring Hearthstone esports as well. Wow, that's uh, insane. So yeah, Magic has to catch up, but I look forward yeah. to the day that uh, LSV is uh, <laughs> plugging Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> At Ito Win, does sealed product affect moto prices? I.e. the upcoming Nissa versus Omnixilis affect the price of Planeswalkers. Oh, no, because those aren't released on Magic Online anymore, so it won't really have any meaningful impact on Magic Online. It's not going to increase the supply, so it's not really going to have an impact on the price. All right. At Sugi Time, I have a Moto and Paper... I have Moto and Paper cards looking to consolidate. Can you guys talk pros and cons? I have stores nearby, but Moto is cheaper. I mean, the pros of Moto are it's super convenient. You can play competitive Magic anytime you want to, and the level of competition is super high. So I think for me, when I get asked this... It kind of depends on what your goals are. If you're a casual player and your goal is like just to have fun and enjoy the social aspect of Magic, you're not going to get that on Magic Online. If your goal is to improve and like compete in tournaments, Magic Online is the ideal place to do that for those reasons <laughs> I mentioned. Yeah, I think that was well said, Seth. Another thing about, well, just the paper side is I've always played paper. I don't play MTGO as much, but... One of the big pros are in, in that aspect is like the community thing, like you said, Seth. You're, you're not going to get the social interaction, like the kind of community aspect as you would if you're playing on, on MTGO, you know, across from your computer screen. Then you are going to your local game store, seeing people, talking to people. There's also another thing that you don't get is like in poker and like those kind of card games, not directly related, but sort of is you kind of miss out on the body language and the kind of physical aspect of playing physical paper is reading your opponent, uh, kind of just getting the you know audible kind of ticks or just the audible reads that you wouldn't get just looking at a computer screen. Um, and I think that's a pretty big benefit to playing paper. I mean, that that is something that I, I think helped me and a lot of other people play Magic over the years, especially when there wasn't a really good. Uh, well, I mean, that's I guess that's a joke. <laughs> well, I guess when there wasn't even like MTGO at all, you just never get that from MTGO, and I think that's a really important aspect of the game. The social aspect is what you go for in paper. If you want to play lots of games, Moto is where it's at. If you want cheaper cards, Moto is where it's at, and if you want flexibility. Uh, the spreads on Moto, it's much easier to switch decks. So the way I do it is uh, every Friday night I play FNM Modern. Uh, Standard, I play strictly online. Legacy, I have both Legacy Paper and online, but I tend to play like 80% online now. Uh, there's just not that many Legacy tournaments, plus it's so much cheaper online. Uh, that's the way I would do it. You know, just split your formats. Things like Modern, I have both Modern Jund online and Modern Jund in real life rip my wallet but uh, <laughs> a standard i only play online just because it rotates so fast i can switch decks you know flavor flavor of the week i can switch pretty quick whereas paper just takes so long uh but i do like going to fnm you know to to talk with people and see what's up and you know have a local meta that's not the magic online meta so so that's how i do it so it's just really based on your circumstances but both are pretty uh pretty good yeah, I, I think of one little side note that I wanted to add in there. I, I think, like, for what, I, all intents and purposes, for what you do, Seth, and, like, if other people are, you know, that are interested in that, building a lot of decks, and you touched on this, Richard, like, building a deck, you know, taking it apart, building another deck, like, that's really conducive on MTGO. Paper, like, you'd have to, like, find all the new cards or buy the cards, wait till they get shipped. Like, on MTGO, it's just a click of a button. So if you're, like, into, like, brewing different decks or trying something new, uh, MTGO definitely lends itself to that a lot better. Okay, this is actually from our editor who snuck in uh, fish mail here. Hey! <laughs> uh, from, from Joseph, did the Channel Fireball coverage team contact you for visual deck lists for GPLA? Did uh, they, Richard? They did. Uh, so Andy reached out. They were very serious about raising the bar in coverage. 
Uh, they reached out to me and Seth. Uh, you know, they read the article on improving coverage. They went through all the Reddit threads. And, you know, they reached out to me for the visuals. So they are super serious about raising the bar when it comes to coverage. So uh, kudos to them. And I think they pulled it off this week. And it can only get better. Uh, you know, this was kind of their, their first time. They were trying to go big with it. So I expect it to get better and better uh, over time. Awesome. That's really awesome. Steven Peterson. Uh, this is a long question. I'm going to try to summarize it. Uh, but basically, Steven started playing with some friends, but over the years, they've become more skilled than, them, than him. So he wants to know how to get better. He got some comments such as, better players get better results with nearly any deck they pilot. Uh, it could be a random, uh, like a randomization issue, an RNG issue. Uh, sometimes you get bad pairings at tournaments, or you play decks that don't fit your style. Uh, so he's basically not looking to go pro, but he wants to get better at Magic. So what are some things he can do to get better, and how can he discover what kind of player he is? This is a really good question. I can only speak from my personal experience, and I guess Richard and Seth will will chime in with theirs because I mean that's really kind of individual it's just practice i mean i know it's cliche and i know it's a very like like uh, an obvious response that many people would say to a lot of different things but it really just comes down to practice i mean just playing a lot reading a lot actually being up to date with you know what what people are playing why it's a good choice you know, what side, like why they chose specific cards for sideboarding. There's a lot of good literature out there that incorporate that, that talks about all that. And I think those two really are the big things. It's just practice. I mean, when it comes to, then when it comes to knowing what kind of player you are, that's just really a prep. I mean, that's just really comes down to playing a lot of games and just knowing what feels better to you for me over the course of my magic you know playing years i felt like i want to be the character or not the character <laughs> the player <laughs> that uh i am a character uh i want to be the player that i feel I, I like when i do something and the other like the opponent has to respond to what i'm doing I never really felt so I guess that's why I always leaned towards aggressive lists and I never I kind of always shied away from like super heavy control lists is because I don't want to feel like I'm reacting to what someone else is doing. I like to set the tempo and let my opponent react to me. So like when it comes to modern in specific, I like playing affinity. Uh affinity's really aggressive. I like just throwing a lot of cards down and you know saying, "Here, what are you going to do about this?" And I just I think that's how I like my games to be determined. And a lot of the times the games are really determined quickly that way because it's either they have an answer or they don't. Uh, but that's just me. And I, again, it just goes back to all the comments or the the topics that I said. Just repetition and, and practicing. Like if you have those close friends that you're talking about, the only way you're going to get better is by losing and losing a lot and just playing a lot. I mean, that just goes for anything to get better. Yeah, well, I have a I have a couple of quick ideas to add to it. One is to piggyback on Chaz a little bit. Don't just practice, but learn how to practice well. I think LSV told a story on this last GP, actually, about how in the top eight of a pro tour, I believe it was, he played against Pascal Menard, another pro player, and LSV ended up beating him. And this is a high-stakes, really important match. And after the tournament ended, Pascal went over to LSV and asked him what he could have done better. If there was anything that LSV noticed, different lines of play, should he have done this or that? So part of practicing is learning from your mistakes and learning from what went wrong. So if you can, try to look at your games critically, and hopefully even some of your friends will help you with that. Don't be afraid to ask, like, in that situation, what would you have done if you think your friend is a better player than you? So that's one thing. Learn to practice well. Uh, as far as figuring out what type of player you are, my suggestion would be to just try different things. Like, try different styles of decks. One really good way of doing this is the Pro Tour Gauntlet on Magic Online, which has a lot of the like top decks from a Pro Tour, all different styles. 
it's pretty cheap to play, and it lets you get a taste of a bunch of different styles. If you're just playing in paper, it's a little harder to switch through decks, but maybe proxy up some different style of decks just to see how they play, and then figure out what style you enjoy the most. And then one way to improve and to catch up with other people if you feel like you're falling behind is not to play a whole bunch of different decks but to get really good at one deck after you figure out what kind of player you are pick out a deck that suits your style and this is especially relevant for older formats but even in standard pick an archetype and stick with it for six months or a year and play it again and again and get to know it inside and out and you can win games by just knowing your deck better than your opponent. So those would be my three suggestions. Yeah, I think you guys hit everything. Uh, Magic Online is also a very good place to jam a lot of games uh, if your friends aren't able to help you. So just play lots of games. In terms of finding what kind of player you are, just just try all the decks. And some you'll like better than others. And I would go with the decks you like rather than the decks that put up results. Uh, you know, like Craig Wesco plays White Weenie no matter the meta right? Like, Chapin always plays weird Grixis decks. Like, they perform well because they like the archetype, but it's like, Magic is a game. If you're not having fun, you're not going to play. So you have to find something you like, and then, like Seth said, if you're super familiar with the archetype, you'll be able to outplay your opponent just based on your, your knowledge and practice. Uh, so I would do that. And don't be afraid to ask other players. Uh, you know, when you're watching someone play, you should play along with them in your mind, and if they do something different, you should make a note of that and ask yourself why they did that. And then after the match, you can ask them exactly, and they can actually give you the answer and see how that fit with uh, you know, what you thought the correct line was. Yeah, lots of, lots of ways to improve, but just keep chugging away, and you'll, you'll catch up, right? A lot of it is just time and repetition. So that will even things out like getting mana screwed, getting bad pairings, and stuff like that. If you just play a lot, those things will even out over time. Last question from Andrew Meyer. I'm going to play in a standard GP this June, probably with a Naya variant, and after a while, I'm going to get out of standard. What cards should I hold because of potential growth? My cards are in English, traditional Chinese, and Japanese, and these are the languages used for play in Taiwan where I live. So, uh, Naya deck. What cards could hold value after standard this is after all the cards are rotated i would lean towards selling essentially everything uh i guess yeah one possibility would be nissa but it looks like nissa is going to be in the dual deck if it wasn't for that with green white tokens being a thing in modern i would say that could be a possibility uh otherwise maybe nahiri if you're playing nahiri like but depending on what the price is when you're going to sell, if it's at current prices, it might be worth getting rid of. But uh, if I don't, I don't know, I don't think there's much that I would save for modern from a standard Naya deck. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I mean, it would probably just be Nissa slash Nahiri. And even if you were to sell them, I mean, if you're going to need them, uh, Nahiri and Nissa are going to be in standard for quite some time. So, I mean, obviously Nahiri will slowly decline now that kind of all this hype is uh, dying down. I mean, it is still a great card, but, I mean, if you're going to use Nahiri, you might as well just keep Nahiri at that point. Well, but, yeah, I don't I don't see anything else. Maybe, what, does, I mean, Naya usually run Hangerback Walker? I mean, not really, even in Modern, I don't know. I don't think so. The, and the other thing is, looking over some of the Naya lists, you're almost safe to just wait through rotation like sylvan yeah. advocate tireless tracker avacyn linvala oath of nissa gideon nahiri chandra all these cards are surviving fall rotation so i wouldn't be in a rush to sell based on fall rotation yeah get rid of nissa vastwood seer uh i guess silk wraps and stasis snares not that they're worth anything anyway but most of those cards are still going to be in the format all through the fall until next spring rotation all right there you have it, and that is all our fish mail. So if you want to send fish mail in for us on the cast, tweet at mtggoldfish, hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll answer your questions on here. Awesome questions, as always. I mean, so many questions. These questions are awesome. They're so good. Really, I mean, it seems like they get, I say this all the time, but it seems like they just keep getting better. A lot of them are really good. You know, we think through a lot of them. And they're really beneficial to like just a lot of other people in general. So thank you very much. These were really good. I think that that about does it, right? 
I think we covered everything. We have, you know, we're just super hyped. Talked about Eternal Masters. Went on my tangent about Team Ethan. <laughs> and uh, Fishmail. Yeah, I think we covered everything. All right. Uh, any last minute things out the door, gentlemen? Uh, nope. Just waiting for more spoilers. And... All right. All right, all right, quick question for you guys. Final price for an EMA booster after all spoilers. What do you predict? Lower or higher than the 300 that we're at? And we're talking about like one week from now, not like months from now. Th- this is me just surveying, you know, surveying the land and seeing what else is out there that will be not, since no modern cards are on the table. I just, I mean, I'm expecting like specific cards to be in there then and. I think it's going to go up from 300, to be honest with you. Uh, I think 300 is the peak. I'm going to take that. Okay. I, w- I still wouldn't be surprised to see maybe it go back down towards retail. I might be okay. taking the long shot, but I'm going to go on the other side here and say that we've seen most of the awesome stuff today, and then the rest of the set's going to come out, and the value will normalize a little bit. And so maybe 10 to whatever this is. a pack would be $300 a box. So that would be my prediction, but that's just a guess. So So Seth is probably right, but I'm going to go Price is Right and say 301. (laughs) I'm going to say that people are irrational. There will be some more hype cards, and it's going to go through the roof. Like It may not make any sense, but it will go up because people love old cards, and people are just going crazy, and... It's just going to go crazy. That's it. The world is ending. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, get your force of wills ready. It's going to go through the roof. <laughs> okay, if anything, I'm hoping for under, just so you don't have to break the bank for <laughs> when you open one on Yeah, on I, I hope the, this is like nothing. <laughs> but uh, I'm expecting to pay a hefty price here. But hopefully <laughs> hopefully the value keeps with it. Hopefully it's just not a high price for no reason. Hopefully yeah. the cards are actually worth with it. Maybe the World Gorger Dragon will save you, Richard. That's that's what we have to hope for. Is <laughs> me, the World Gorger? Let me Gorger petition Dragon. Wizards right now. <laughs> Get them to update. Please, this. I, I can't afford Gorger. this. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, we will do this again next week. Uh, like Seth said earlier in the cast, we'll likely have all the spoilers. So yeah, until then, this is going to be the crew signing out of episode seventy. <laughs>